she had the opportunity to close her first deal, you know, um, last week. She closed her first deal, made some money. We're excited about that. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hello, guys. Welcome to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. And on today's show, we have a very special guest. And that guest, to some, it may be a surprise. To others, it may not be a surprise. She is always, or more than likely, the majority of the time in my two-minute meetups or our Fun Fact Fridays. So if you don't know what the two-minute meetups is, I get on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, and I try and hold it to two minutes to let people know what I'm doing in real estate. And then on Friday, um, I do it also just to give a quick little fun fact. So today's guest is a new real estate investor, new to the game. She's new to wholesaling. And I want to welcome my wife, Stephanie Maloney. Stephanie, how are you doing today? And welcome I'm to the doing show. Good. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you. All right, so I want to talk. I know we did our two-minute uh, meetup, or was it a Fun Fact Friday? I think it was a Fun Fact Friday um, on last week where I let everybody know that during COVID, you were off work, you were working from home, and you decided to take me up on a challenge to see if you can close your first deal. So with that being said, I want to kind of talk about that on a day, provide a little bit of inspiration and spark to those who are trying to close that first deal that are trying to do things and, you know, give, let you give them some insights on some of the struggles, some of the successes on closing that first deal. But before we get into that, let's get a, Let's get a quick little introduction from you on who you are and what you were doing before you went into real estate investing. Sure, sure. So I am Stephanie, everyone. I'm Marcus's wife for almost 13 years now. And uh, I'm just the wife and the mom uh, here in the household. Um, Marcus is the equity king and everything that I've learned, I've learned it from him and HGTV also, I would say. Um, we have three children before anything else, I was a social worker. And um, my passion has always been helping people from children to adults. Um, prior to that, I was into nursing. But the last 15 years, it's been social work. But I always dib a little bit and listen to Marcus and learn a lot from him and ask him a lot of questions. So that pretty much sums it up of uh, who I am. All right. So first of all, boo on the HGTV. Guys, we all know that those numbers are fictitious. They're not giving you all of the hardline data, but it does provide that inspiration for you guys to get started. So don't fall for the entertainment. You know, I had to teach my wife about that. She was like, we will be watching HGTV and she'd be like, 
I bet you they're going to make a whole bunch of money on this deal. And when I broke it down to her about, you know, they would say, well, our profit was X, then I'll tell her, okay, they didn't have the hard money finance charges in there. Yeah. Some of the shows they have the closing costs. Some of them don't, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't have any overages as far as the rehab holding costs and everything like that. So guys don't fall for the HGTV. Um, so, Stephanie, yes. you guys, you may hear me call her Stephanie. You may hear me call her Denise. Sometimes mm -hmm. family members, we call her by Stephanie or Denise, her middle name, either one. So don't get confused. I'm talking to the same woman. <laughs> I don't have a side chick or a side piece or anything <laughs> <No>. like that. <laughs> so um, tell me, why did, you, why did you decide to take me up on this challenge on trying to close this first deal? Well, um, you always said I had it in me because of my relationship and how I communicate with people. And then you also knew uh, from many years now that I do love real estate. Uh, we all start, we started out in our relationship of looking at model houses and um, looking through the real estate guides and going in just to see open houses. So you saw my passion and you saw um, that I had an eye for it. Uh, I'm always asking you questions. I'm always looking at the deal board and seeing what's going on. So uh, it's, it's taken some years, but you would always say, I know we could do it. I know you have what it takes. Uh, so I decided in this time, since everything is so slow now, when it comes to working and me working from home, that let me take you up on his offer. Let me take you up on that offer because uh, uh, that's a great challenge for me because I, feel like I can, you know, do anything I put my mind to it. And if you have that faith in me, then I could just show you that I could do it. So pretty much that's um, why I decided to take you up on it. Okay. So guys, one of the things that just to give you a little backdrop, especially if you have a spouse and you're one of those people that are like, you know what, I'm so gun ho and you believe and being entrepreneurial, not working for anyone, and your spouse is just like, nope, I gotta have a nine to five. I want something steady. I want something regular. Me and my wife went through that for years. We were, I would always say, you know what, the time that you're giving this job, you know, the time that you're doing this, you know, you can make X amount of dollars. I would, I would tell her, look, at the end of the year, I made X. At the end of the year, you made Y. I said, look at that that access in between. And I'm like, and I'm at home working from home. I get a chance to go pick up the kids. I'm in my shorts all day, things like that, you know, and I have a team that's out there doing things. And um, she used to just always want to work and be in the field because she loved helping people. And I used to always tell her, you know, what, we can help people you know, in a greater way by doing things together, you know, but finally she came around and she took me up on this challenge. So I know you guys want to know kind of what she did in order to close this first deal. So we're going to, going to dive right into that. First of all, how did you navigate the process? How did you find the deal? What was the marketing strategy um, that you used? Well, Let's just set the story. So um, when I decided to take you on on a challenge, that was in February of this year. Yep. So um, in February of this year, everything was still going good with the country. And I felt like I was still going to that nine to five that you talked about all the time. 
but but I felt something in me just saying, I, I need to change. It's, it's, it's just not going um, the way I want it to. And I feel like I'm getting a little older. And you always talked about, uh, we could be a power couple. You can, we can be this power couple and work together and uh, feed off each other and use our smarts and get these deals All done. Aboard. So um, with that said, um, I felt like I needed to leave that job. And I didn't have a sense of direction of where I was going to go to, but I felt like um, I'll be okay. We will be okay. Um, put in a letter of resignation for the job, still continuing to help you out with the leads that were coming in, filtering the calls. Uh, like I said, that started in February, left the job in April. So um, talking to several people, uh, you know, through different leads. And I did have some line up, but nothing was just concrete. Nothing was concrete. Uh, June 22nd, I won't forget it because we went out to celebrate our youngest son's birthday. Got a call uh, from a person and I said, excuse me guys, let me step over. We were in the, in the restaurant eating. Let me step over in this booth and talk to this caller who's calling about it. Caller was very motivated. So, so wait, before we get to this caller, um, mm -hmm. you said from February to June, how many months is that? So let's go March, April, May, June, four months. So yeah. during that, those four months, you had leads coming in from text message campaign. We started her up with a small little text message campaign, people. Um, we were pulling list of high equity owners in Chicago. Now we're in, we're in Arizona, so we're doing some virtual wholesaling. So we pulled these high equity leads in Chicago. From February to April, she was talking to people and not gaining any traction. None whatsoever. So tell us about, you know, the emotions that you were going through talking to these people and you wasn't pulling a deal because a lot of people think that, okay, I did this marketing campaign, 30, 60, 90 days, I'm going to close this first deal. And now I'm off to the races. Yeah, I learned a lot. And um, in this one deal, I just learned from just, just talking to people and, uh, you can, I can have the skills that, uh, that are needed, like I did in my everyday job with the great communication, um, telling the people anything they need to know, factual, but until a person is ready and are motivated, um, you can be calling a whole bunch of people. So you just got to stay consistent with it and um, stay their course. So it did take a long time, but for the most part, I just tried to not be discouraged. Um, it made me look at you different um, in what you had to go through and what other investors have to go through because you don't know when that next deal is going to happen, but you can't stop. You just got to keep pursuing it. There you go. So guys, <clears throat> that was something key that she said. She said that, you know, she did get a little discouraged, but she had to keep going through it. She had to keep fighting because she never knew when that next test text message was going to be that deal, you know, and that's what I try and tell you guys is, you know what? Yes, you're going to hit that time where you're going to plateau and you're going to say, why am I doing this? Is this really, really worth my time doing it? And you never know that next text message or that next response that you receive is the one that's gonna, you know, put some money into your pocket. So with that being said, how many, because I don't, I want you to tell the story. How many deals did you 
think that you had on the table before you closed this first one? Well, I already know I had five. I had five deals that I thought was uh, sure, sure deals. Um, I had gotten these people, um, the numbers they were looking for, the numbers we were looking for, um, pictures were in, um, people had gone out to the properties, um, just everything lined up on a deal board. It just all seemed that it was going to be good, all gravy. So I thought. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't always work like that. Um, <clears throat> things happen. And um, people go cold, so they say. They stop communicating. You've done everything you had to do, but they just stop altogether. And um, it's nothing that you've done. Um, you go back, you look at your notes, and you continue to call, and you continue to call. But um, I would always say, like my mom said, don't uh, count your chickens before they hatch. And that's pretty much how you have to look at it. And you just got to keep grinding. So, guys, she had a possible four to five deals on mm -hmm. a deal board and they fell flat and went yes. cold. That's yes. enough to make anyone say, you know what, this is not worth it. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing this to let you guys know that these are some of the struggles that you're going to first pre that first deal and post that first deal you know you're gonna think okay because we had it up on the deal board we were like okay yeah. well, we got a, just off this campaign we will have about a hundred and something thousand dollars coming in she was excited you know i didn't get too excited because i knew <laughs> you know i knew that things can always fall out so what we did was we had a couple of sellers on the hook like she said we had the purchase price. We had the contract ready. They were ready. Their situations warrant them moving quickly. Sent out the contracts to them. Um, one, we sent out. Two, we sent out overnight mail. Mm -hmm. And some others, uh, the people just kind of fell off before we even got to the contract part. Um, but we never got those contracts back. So we could have did something differently. We could have, this is for you guys that are looking at doing virtual wholesaling. You could have sent a mobile notary out, you know, to yeah. get contract signed and things like that. So that was a mistake on our part. That's one of the things that we could have did. But what I've done before is when someone is ready and they're hot, we would overnight the contract along with an overnight return envelope. So only thing they had to do was sign and send it back. And we would jump on the phone with them and walk them through the contract. Yeah. Well, what happened? We sent the contracts. Let's talk about uh, Mr. and Mrs. W. Let's talk yeah. about them. We sent them the contract. What happened? So we, we sent them the contract in May. Matter of fact, I talked to them initially uh, Memorial Day weekend. I won't forget it because we had a little family outing and it was around Memorial Day. So that's the first time that we talked to them. They were motivated. They were all about it. Uh, we sent the acquisition person out. We took the pictures. Um, we came up with the perfect amount. They accepted that amount. Um, like I said, that was in May, Memorial Day weekend. Um, they were going to sign. We've sent them two contracts by email, one by overnight, if, if I'm not mistaken. They always say, yes, this is where we're going to go, what we're going to do. Initially, it was some issues with uh, COVID. 
that was some excuses that we got from them. Yep. And so they were moving uh, slower. Uh, then it was some work issues. Then it was death in their family. Uh, then it was just all together ice cold. I'm texting, I'm calling, I'm calling from different numbers. Uh, they will not answer my call back. And that was a sure deal. So we thought it had a buyer lined up and everything. And it's been since May when we initially got it. And the last time I've spoken to them uh, was August. Even though the attempts have continued to go on, they have gone totally cold. Okay. So guys, <clears throat> that happens. You'll have some sellers that will make absolute promises to you, verbal promises, but until you get that contract signed on the dotted line, and I'll even go one step further, until you you leave from the closing table, no deal is ever done until the deed transfers. So remember that no deal is ever done until the deed transfers. Um, so we went through that. We, we, we had those people, you know, basically on the hook. We had these different lines out in the water. We had them biting. We had some other people biting. But then you got this one call. Um, tell us about the deal that you did close. You said that you stepped out. You got a phone call. What happened? Yeah, so I stepped out and I got a phone call and um, um, sound really promising. Very motivated um, individual. Um, said pretty much um, he wanted to sell his father's property. Father had passed away this year earlier in the year and um, he didn't live in Chicago where the house was at. And um, so therefore he didn't, he didn't have a need for it. He didn't want to rent it out because he was uh, living um, out of state. Well, lo and behold, he happened to live in Arizona with us and go figure who would have thought that uh, I would have a, a owner of a property um, that we were dealing in the market for up in Chicago, but that he just happened to live in Arizona with us. And not only did he live in Arizona with us, he literally lived in the next subdivision, like right across the highway. So maybe it was fate. Uh, I don't know, but that was my first deal. And he was serious and we got the ball rolling. So they, and this is, it was freaky guys, because mm -hmm. when she was talking to him, he was like, oh, I, I'm from Arizona. And she was like, oh, well, I live in Arizona too, but I'm from Chicago. And he was like, well, where do you live at? And we said where we lived at. And he was like, wow, I'm like the subdivision right next door. And we was like, wow, this what? is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys a little backstory even on this. So when she got that call, I was coming up from Alabama, picking up our oldest daughter from school. And she was like, hey, you know, you're, you're coming up from Alabama. You're going through Chicago. Um, I got this hot lead. I need you to go by and take a look at this property. Uh, so lo and behold, he gave her the wrong address or she gave me the wrong address. One of the two, you know, <laughs> I ended up going to the wrong house. So going to the wrong house in Chicago on the South side. Now yeah. I'm from Chicago. She's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. So I'm expecting the sister to be at the house. So I walk up, I walk up to the house, right? And the door was open. The screen door was open, but it was locked. Um, but the door was open and I heard the TV on and everything like that. So I go in my mind, I was like, oh, you know what? Just go ahead, walk in. She's mm -hmm. expecting me. I text her and everything like that. 
So I went to grab the door handle and I was like, no, dude, you better knock, you know, just, just still the South side Chicago. of Chicago. That's right. Still knock. I knocked and the ladies was like, baby, I don't know who you are, but you like the guy shot. She was like, I don't know who you are. And you walking up to my door, you almost got shot. And I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I'm at the wrong address. I'm supposed to be at this address versus mm -hmm. that address. So he imposed the numbers, superimposed the numbers. I was at the wrong place. And again, he was ready to let me have it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that, was, that was kind of funny. But once I got down the street, it was literally three blocks away. Once I got there, I met the, I met the, um, I happened to be in town again and I met the sister and walked through the property and everything like that. So kind of give us the, kind of give us the situation that the seller was going through. Yeah. So initially, um, it, it seemed like it was going to be a, a quick one when we, when we initially got the case. Uh, well, not the case. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of my social worker social skills. Work. But when we, yeah, sorry. It's always in my mind. When we got the, uh, the lead, um, like I said, his father had passed away earlier in the year and the house was left to him. He was the heir to the house. So sounded like an open and closed and the house was paid for free and clear. So that was like, wow, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Well, um, Digging into it deeper, it came to find out that the dad had lived in the house for many years, but his name was never on the deed at all for all the years that he lived in the house until his death. So his father's name was nowhere on the house, which was a huge challenge. So, so... What did you have to do? Tell us. Okay, so you got this lead. Um, he's motivated to sell. Oh, yeah. But basically, he's not the owner of the property. What all did we have to do in order to help this guy out so we can close this deal? Yeah, so, so here's what was going on. Dad had lived in the house all of these years because the house was his uh, brother's house and the brother's wife's house. Um, he lived with them, but they had since both died many years ago. In, in them passing, prior to them passing, they never quick deeded or put his name anywhere on the property. So once the two of them passed away, he continued to live in the house from what we learned. And when he continued to live in the house, uh, he would pay the taxes, he would pay every bill, he would get everything done. But once again, his name was nowhere on it. So what we had to do was, we had to do a lot of things. Um, we had to show, first, the first title company didn't want to touch it. They did not want to touch it. So it was very uh, deflating for me and I know for the seller because it was almost like, um, what else are we to do right now? So attorney gave us some suggestions and tried to get us over to a new title company. And what the title company had us to do was to go back 20 years. And in that 20 years, we had to find enough paperwork of the father's continued upkeep 
tax paying and utility paying for the house. So owner was super motivated. Whatever we asked him for, he was on it. He was on it right away and he didn't want to give up. So he didn't want to give up and I didn't want to give up. But it was a really, really long process from finding obituaries, from finding uh, funeral information, from finding old utility bills, from going back to the assessor's record, tax records. Uh, it, it was more than I would have ever thought for a first deal. And I, I didn't have any knowledge of what to do, but I, I kept going. I kept going and I kept trying to motivate him not to stop as well. So that's what had to be done for that to go back 20 years. So guys, I always tell you that you have to be problem solvers. You have to be able to see the issue and try and come up with the solution for the seller. So the issue was this guy didn't, his, his father rightfully didn't own the property. And not only that, what you failed to, what you failed to mention was he lost the property because oh, yeah. he didn't pay the taxes, taxes, the city took over the property. Then he had to go back. The, the guy's father had to go back and reclaim the taxes. So on the deed, when we was working on it, it said the, the property was the owner of owner. Oh. the tax pay, the taxpayer. No name, just that. no name, nothing, mm -hmm. nothing. So this was the first time that I ever dealt with it. I can imagine what my wife was going through as a first deal but by having a strong team, and this is the reason why I tell you guys is that you have to find your team that's willing to help you. It's not always just about the dollars and cents. This attorney did tons of this work pro mm -hmm. bono to help this, this guy out. And yeah. the reason why he did that is because we work with him to close numerous deals and he know he's going to get that money on the back end. So we had to go through not only probate, but adverse possession. So we had to go back, Stephanie, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. We had to go back 20 years pulling yes. documentation to show that this guy lived in the property, had possession of the property for 20 years. 20 so years. most, yeah, most people just getting started in real estate, they don't know anything about adverse possession. And adverse possession is when someone controls a property rightfully and openly controls a property for 20 years, that property automatically, they, they gain rights to that property. And that's what we had to show in order to close the transaction. So you went through two different title companies to try and mm -hmm. get this closed. Um, we had the attorney, the buyer we had lined up. The buyer was lined up, ready to close on this transaction you had to keep sending them addendums after addendums after yes. addendums, mm -hmm. you know, saying, Hey, the close of escrow is going to be pushed back to X yeah. close of escrow is going to be pushed back to Y close of escrow is going to be pushed back to Z. Mm -hmm. And the reason why the buyer was willing to do that is because you secured such a good deal. And mm -hmm. he was like, well, I will wait, whatever you guys have to do to clear this title. I will wait you know, to get this title cleared. So let me ask you this, Stephanie. One of the biggest fears newbies have getting started is actually having that conversation with people over the phone. You yeah. know, they, they say, well, I'm just nervous talking to people over the phone because I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. 
you making those first phone calls, how did you feel? What did you go through? Um, I love to talk, period. And that's probably why I was in the field of uh, uh, human services and help it out. Um, I think the biggest fear is the fear of rejection that you have or some others might have. Um, but you just got to be strong with that because you are going to get some people who just flat out reject you. Why are you calling me? Where'd you get my number? Where'd you get my information from? Uh, but you got to continue to go on with that uh, said. Some people want to just hear you talk or some people just want to have that conversation. And then some people want to just be educated with that. So you have to be prepared um, for any of these people, uh, the conversations you could possibly have. And you can't take it personally and you just got to keep on going on. And with me, because I've always talked for a living, uh, it's a natural for me. So it, it bounces right off me and I try to make people feel comfortable. And as long as you have that knowledge that they're looking for and you can communicate well, you can do very well with it. So with those people that call in and say, where did you get my information? What's, what's your rebuttal to that? Um, I'm always very, um, hey, I just wanted to tell you, it's not you personally. It's no different from when you get uh, sales papers in the mail, how it generates from mailbox to mailbox. Well, we have uh, a company that we work for as well that can generate addresses, can generate areas. Um, it can go from empty uh, vacant homes. It can go to homes of people that we know are deceased and family members own it. So it's a variety. So it's not personally us targeting you we're just getting your area and so typically if I say that to let them know that we're not stalking them we're just not on them that we do this for a lot of different people with this in this you know uh different area then they they, they feel a little bit better then they relax and then they say well okay okay well either they'll say well I'm not interested in not at this time or they either continue to talk to me and they'll tell me if if, if it's okay to talk at that time or if they're serious about it, or if they want me to come back at some other later date or time. Okay, so basically what you do is you just let them know that, hey, we use an outside company and they get this mm -hmm. information for us. And yeah. then that, 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 that lowers their aggression. Is that yep. true or okay, okay. So I would say so, and, I, and, I, and right now, because we're in the middle of a uh, uh, presidential election and everything, I try to make that similarity. It's no different from that, from the calls that you get from there. They target certain people, certain areas, and it's not just you. And then they feel a little bit more relaxed when you say that, if you make that similarity. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great, great, great. So mm -hmm. you got this deal. How much did you, how much did you get it for? How much did you put it under contract for? Um, 32.5. 32, okay. So you got it under contract for 32.5. And we sent it out to our buyers list. We helped her. Believe me, guys, we didn't help her with anything as far as talking to the seller, no. uh, negotiating anything like that. We just wanted to make sure that she was able to move this deal. So we pushed this deal out to our buyers list immediately. When I say immediately, <laughs> immediately people was calling us trying to gain access to the property. Yep. How can we get in and everything like that? And, um, we had one buyer that what was what was their offer the buyer's offer the 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 buyer who purchased you mean yeah um what do you mean what do we sold it to him for yeah yeah what do we sell oh, it to him for we sold it to him for uh 45.9 okay so 
got it under contract for 32.5. We ended up selling it for 45.9. So it took in total from February to September. Yes. To close, to find a deal. Well, to do the marketing, get through the calls and find a deal. So guys, that's seven months. So for all of you guys that are out there saying, <laughs> I need to close a deal in the next 30 days, if you haven't done the upfront work of starting your marketing and talking to sellers, guess what? Highly unlikely that that's going to happen. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is because a lot of people think that, oh, wholesaling is magical. You know, you can spend a few dollars and then jump out here and make $30,000, you know, on one deal in the next 30 days. That was a seven month journey for you to close that first deal. First deal. Mm-hmm. And, and you made, what did you make? What's that? 13, $13,000. You guys hear that? $13,000. You hear that? $13,000 on that first deal. Yes. And it took her seven months to do it. But guess yeah. what? Now she has the education and know how to close transactions. So let me ask you this, Stephanie. How yeah. important was it for you to work with the team in closing this transaction? Do you think you would have been able to do this all by yourself without absolutely no help? Oh, oh no, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have went off at all because I wouldn't have known how to anything about adverse possession or how that even started, what that even looked like. And in talking to you, you hadn't dealt with that before, but with our group and our attorneys and them teaching us definitely wouldn't have been able to do any of this because it was so many moving pieces with the different title companies as well. So definitely not, I wouldn't have uh, known how to do any of it. So guys, that's the, that's the, and I asked her that to validate the power of having a team. So you can't, you can go out here and you could be a lone wolf. Okay. You'll be able to close those low hanging fruit deals. You know, the deals where, you know, the people just want to hurry up and sell, they own the property, so on and so forth. Yes. You'll be able to close some of those deals, but look at how many more deals that you will not be able to close without having someone that's experienced to help Mm -hmm. you close those deals. Because I can guarantee you if this was, nine years ago when I first got started, I wouldn't have been no good resource for Stephanie to close this deal because I wouldn't have known anything about adverse possession. I wouldn't even thought about bringing it up to our attorney. You know, I wouldn't thought about, hey, let's move it to another title company. And, And just having that network and that resource to have multiple title companies the attorney that knows what to do, the mm-hmm. buyer's list, the buyer that's that was willing, ready, and able to purchase the property, um, you know, and, and just having that whole conversation in order to make it happen. So guys, I just wanted to say that to let you know that it's important to have someone experienced on your team And I'm not saying it has to be me, but it needs to be someone that you can pick up the phone and say, hey, this is the situation that's going on. I don't know what to do. That's exactly what my wife did with me. She said, hey, you know what? Now talking to the seller, this is what's coming up. You know, what should we do next? How do do we do this? And then that's when 
myself and my partner was able to kick in and say, okay, this is what we need to do in order to get this to the finish line. So my, mo my most important thing was seeing you have success in closing that first deal because you had all of these months where you were talking to irate sellers, you know, oh, yeah. they were cussing you out over the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, they were wondering, how did you get my information? Yeah. You had deals fall through and, cool. and didn't go through and everything like that. And it can be definitely discouraging. So <clears throat> got to the closing table. All right. <laughs> and you get this check in the mail or this Ooh, check yeah. come to your, yeah comes to the front door, FedEx, how did you feel? He makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes you feel good. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I, guys, she was pretty much, you know, screaming and hollering, you know, she was excited that she, she was able to uh, close that first deal. Yeah, like um, the price is right, you know, just felt good. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So we like to see people, you know, that, that win and close these transactions and that's what i want you guys to be able to do going forward is to be able to close transactions so stephanie we're going to take yes. a brief break we're going to hear a word from our sponsors and when we come back we're going to put you on a hot seat and i wish we would have did this live so we could have had q a with people and what i might do is you know schedule something on instagram or facebook where okay. people can call in and talk directly to you and ask you questions about the transaction um, right. along with me being there. So let's take a brief break. We'll come mm -hmm. back and hear a word from our sponsors. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers with 100% coverage across the US. PropString provides a deep dive into any property specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to crowd.propstreampro.com slash we love it. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. We are here with Stephanie Maloney. She had the opportunity to close her first deal. You know, um, last week she closed her first deal, made some money. We're excited about that. So now... <laughs> Stephanie, um, what do you see going next? What do you see for yourself doing this? Because this was just a taste. You know, this yeah. was a taste of the possibilities. I tried to tell you for years, hey, look, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. But mm -hmm. you wanted to be, you know, hooked to the slave master and everything like that. Finally, it kicked in <laughs> and now you understand. So what do you see? going next uh working with your fabulous husband <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely looking for the next deal already um it never stops um it is a great feeling so 
of course you want to solidify the next deal. You off to the races, you're running and you're trying to see what's going to be next, uh, you know, to close, what can you put next on that deal board? Um, besides that, uh, I am officially going to register to start school for real estate just so I can help you out a lot more and maybe possibly bring, bring in some additional um, sources uh, here in Arizona that can help you out. So I'm going to go and register for that um, this coming weekend. <laughs> All right. We got a master plan. We have a master plan, guys. So follow us. Uh, it's going to be a husband and wife couple. We're going to be doing this thing. And again, we have boots on the ground in, in certain cities that we're going to be reaching out to, you know, because we need, we're going to need some help, especially in the mi Midwest. So yes. right now, we're going to put you on the hot seat. We're going to put you on the hot seat, Stephanie. We are going to put you on the hot seat. So answer these questions for me as quick as possible, as soon as possible. Um, starting over with that deal, what would you do differently? What would I do differently? Mm -hmm. uh, whew, probably be a little bit more effective in the communicating with the seller. Some reassurances. Um, you know, just some motivating things because it was a long process and you don't want the person to fizzle out or just to get tired and kind of walk away. So I probably would do a little bit more communicating if it got to be that hard again. Okay. Okay. So more touching of the seller. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, um, what do you think was your biggest fear in closing this first deal? My biggest fear? Um, I would, I would say because it was so many obstacles, um, Every other week, it seemed like it was just something different. And when that first title company left and uh, we just kind of stranded out there and then the other title company wouldn't respond back or wouldn't communicate, it was just a fear that the uh, uh, owner would just say, forget it. And in my mind, I kept thinking, Lord, please don't let this person just walk away from everything. So I was real fearful um, that um, we were just almost here at the table, but I, I just really thought he was going to walk away because it was so much going on, so much. Okay, great, great, great. So in parting, what are some words of encouragement that you can tell a, strug a struggling investor, maybe someone that's trying to close that first deal and they are, you know, at year five and it's like, okay, I don't have any more money for marketing. I'm just going to give up and go back to work for someone else. I would say don't give up on a dream. Uh, and I'm not going to say walk away if there's no money coming in either, but don't give up on a real estate. Just be persistent because it, all it takes is that one deal. So even though I thought I had five lined up, and here comes a call out of nowhere that just happened to be the one. You never know what's going to be that one. So persistent, um, even educate yourself, carry yourself like you even know what you're talking about. Even if you don't know what you're talking about, you tell the person, be effective in communication. You know what? Let me find out. Let me get back with you about that. Let me see what I can do to help you. So don't give up on it. Um, I know TV glamour makes it glamorous and makes us think that it happens so quick over time, but it's work. You got to put the work in. And um, if the person sees that you are motivated and a person sees that you have that energy, you can get them through. So um, listen to your people. Always listen. They give out key things. 
and push on. Just keep on going. Don't quit. Okay. All right, guys. So one thing she said right there is be persistent, have confidence in what mm -hmm. you're doing. When you're talking on the phone, you have to be confident, even if you don't know the right answer. That's right. Be confident in saying, you know what, let me check on this mm -hmm. and I'll get back to you. And you have to say it with confidence. You can't be like, um, mm, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, you have to be confident because confident because they're going to match your level because yes. they're looking to you for answers. So if you are not confident, they're going to say, well, you know what, this person don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know what, I'm just going to cut the cord and we're we just going to separate. But if you say, you know, like I said, hey, you know what, I'm not sure I haven't run into this before. You know, yes. we're going to get back, but we're going to figure it out together. Yeah. Together, mm -hmm. we're going to figure it out. You do your part. I'm going to do my part. We're going to get to the finish line. And that's one of the things that I saw you doing um, with the seller on this transaction. You would call them and text them and say, hey, you know what? We're going to get through this. You know, yep. they gave us another roadblock, but guess what? We're going to get over this hurdle. And if they yep. send us another one, we're going to get over you that one that. as well. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Great, great, great. So, Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here on the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, uh, talking to us about closing your first deal. Uh, guys, in parting, remember that if there's any resources that you need, you can go to my website, MarcusEMaloney.com. Um, a lot of things I will have down in the show notes below, like how we pull the leads. We pull those leads through PropStream. You already heard the commercial. Um, so you can go there for a seven day free trial. That way you can search your area, you know, see how you can pull leads and things like that. Um, thank you for being a listener. Also go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MRCS Maloney. Join me again, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram on our two minute twos that I keep calling the two minute Tuesdays because I want to do it on Tuesday, but sometimes I do it on, th on Wednesdays. So guys bear with me. I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent in that. So if you see me go live, I'll put it that way. You see me yeah. go live, know that it's either going to be me or Stephanie. We're going to be talking about something that's going to enhance your progression as being a real estate wholesaler and being a real estate investor. So next, after she closed some more deals, guess what? We're going to go and buy some property so she can have her own rental property to manage. And we'll take you guys on that journey as well. So <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Thank hey, you guys. Bye guys. Have a good week and always remember to enjoy the journey. Guys, excellent show. Really, really great. And I'm not saying that just because it was my wife and she closed her first deal, but it was just showing you guys that it is possible for you to get that first deal closed. It's also great to have the right people and the right team around you to help you close those first deals. So remember, if you want to talk about how you can get that first deal closed or that next deal closed, or you have a deal that you're struggling with, you know what? Take me up on this 15-minute free consultation. You know, the link is below. You can definitely reach out to me. I can try and talk you through some things and see what we can do to get you on the right track. So remember, 
I'm here. They don't call me the equity king for nothing. It's because we can find deals with massive equity and I can help you do the same thing as well. So feel free to join us, you know, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays and go back through our video our archive. If you're learning how to get started as a real estate investor, believe me, I take you step by step by step all the way through. And before you even decide to make any kind of commitment with me, you can see what my teaching style is, my teaching um, skill is, and see if it's something that you'll be interested in. I'm not looking for students. I'm just looking for the right people that want to learn the right resources to become a real estate investor. Okay, guys, remember, enjoy the journey. I will see you on next week. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.